what, what was disturbing that's, then is you looked so into my eyes while screaming. <laughs> that's what it's all about, the eye contact. Oh, and fun. that's why in the morning, God's sake, in the morning, guys, there is some horrific eye contact going on right now. And that's why in the morning they're always making so much noise because they, they've got a belly full yeah. from the night before. Like You see when you've had a dodgy curry or you've been out on the beers right? and your stomach's just like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Still going. Yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then next thing you know, you might you're, get you're, you're, out. <laughs> you're 10 logs into the flume and <laughs> your toilet's blocked. So anyway, I'd like to move on because I just want to set, before I go on to my fact, I just want um, our listener to know. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, I am now joined by basically... Joe and Sam, which it, it leaves me on my own, really. I'm actually sitting on the other side of a bench. Um, we're outside uh, recording today, and I'm facing these two, and I'm just going to apologise on behalf of both of them for anything that may and will offend a lot of people. <laughs> Are any of us really alone, though, Rachel? <laughs> so my fun fact, because it's you know on topic today... Do you want to play footsie or something? Oh, God, we're on 6 minutes 50, <laughs> that's what we were talking about. So... Com- We're the only three listening to this podcast. This is a <laughs> so fun fact about men, because it's fitting for today's subject. Oh, later. good, because one of my topics is about women, so that's good. Okay. Compared to women, men may see fewer shades of colour due to the fact that they have fewer retinal cones in their eyes. This is because retinal cones are on the X chromosome, which men only have one of. Um, now, this was on bustle.com, so it's definitely true. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Joe? Um, I only know there's a couple kind of ice cream cones, isn't there? Exactly. I'll be honest, Rachel. I'll be honest. While you know this podcast is all about honesty, and I didn't know I was going to turn up here today and have someone come at my cones. (laughs) Well, actually, I didn't know that was going to happen. Now, on the flip side, that men, however, have more testosterone in their visual cortexes, meaning they sense brightness better than women. Hmm. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Have you got any like comedy bits to go on the end of that, or is that it? No, I, it was stale. just our fun fact. You know that I was just sticking with the fun fact theme. Mm. Mm. So you can see more colours, but we can be dazzled more. Yeah. Mm. Ah. Oh, that's a nice way of looking at it. So before we move on, welcome, Joe. Hi. How are you today? Not bad. A bit constipated. <laughs> okay. Well, don't scream or okay. tweet I'll too loudly. To. <laughs> try not to. How are you doing, Sam? I'm all right. How's Looking forward been... to getting to the episode. Life's been shit. Okay. Been depressed. Right. Um, but, you know, as my weekly or fortnightly or monthly updates will tell all four of our listeners, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Four listeners. We're growing in the world. That's we are actually, we've actually grown, you know. I think we got, on our last episode, we got like in total like 50, 50 listeners or something. Oh, it's not bad. So that's, that is good for us because usually it's like four yeah, or yeah. five. I thought it was more than that. So now I feel like quite disheartened. Maybe I shot slightly higher yeah. when I told you before to make you feel better. Yeah, p- quite possibly true. Do you, um, do you listen to it on, on different platforms just to make sure that you, uh, you get more listeners? I mean, I, I probably should do that in, in, uh, in, in, in uh, reflection, I suppose. Maybe I, maybe I should do that and just listen to us at least once on every platform. Because I found out Rachel doesn't even subscribe to our podcast. I What's just, that about? I'm not on Spotify, so I'm SoundCloud, I'm there. I don't know if you if I how to subscribe on SoundCloud. I just listen and then pod on the iTunes. You one. don't even follow us on SoundCloud. I didn't know you could. I thought you just had to go and look for what you wanted. Great. <laughs> and this, 
And this, ladies and gentlemen, as well as Rachel not even sharing the podcast when I share out, it, that's not fair. Rachel said to me, when's the podcast coming out? It'd come out a week before. <laughs> Normally I'd get a notification on iTunes, but I didn't. Hello, Joe. We have you on today. And Sam, today I guess you're going to take a little bit of a, a seat, a hot seat position. A back seat. No, a hot seat position. Back seat would imply I always in the quiet. hot seat, Rachel? Anyway, so <laughs> we're going to talk about men's mental health for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got probably two amazing people to be talking about that today because um, both, you know, very different experiences in life, but both have um, challenges with your own mental health, I think is fair to say. Silence, that's always... Golden. Imagine you were both like, no, we're, we're fine. What's we're up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm um, all right, man. Now, Joe, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and, you know, your life at all? You know, or do you want us to intro, intro that? Well, uh, whatever you want, really. Okay. This summer. <laughs> Joe what, in, Joe Intro collision. like a movie. A collision, Joe Collision. <laughs> in. <laughs> your life. I was going to say a pub garden, but... In a, in a pub garden. <laughs> no, I mean, do you, are you happy to? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, Shall, go talk, for it, mate. Talk to us a little bit All about... All right, then. Okay, so... Uh, the mic in front of you. <laughs> that would be great. Sorry, I'm not used to this um, publicity <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I was in the army for eight years. I joined when I was uh, 17. Uh, my first tour was in Iraq when I was 18. So I had to wait until my 18th birthday, basically, and... and uh, and then went out there. Um, and then I ended up doing another tour of Iraq after that, where it was a bit more um, kinetic, as, as they say. Um, kinetic? I mean, I don't know that they say in, that. As in firefights and things like that. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Did you know that, Sam? But isn't, isn't kinetic energy a thing? Okay. That's what I was Sam did about. know that, I think. Yeah, okay. he's sort of on the right page there, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I assumed it was... <laughs> okay, they've just... What is it? Spudded each other. Okay, ca- please carry on. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, so I went and did a tour of Afghanistan as well. And then a couple of years later, another tour of Afghanistan. I'm getting... Why are you just keep it close my... to you. Sorry, I'm just going to put my face on it like this then. Okay, no, just carry on because, you know, right. this is... This is why stuff. we shouldn't have given her the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Is that the levels okay? So you did a tour of Afghanistan. Yeah, that was over Christmas. It was um, it was nice. I actually got because um, I was one of the younger soldiers out there. Um, I was still waiting to deploy out on the ground, so I was still in in Camp Bastion at the time. And uh, between the American and the British troops, they did the sort of uh, a collection thing for for the younger troops. And um, I ended up getting a a gift box full of. Um, bits and bobs kind of like what you see in a supermarket where you you know at the end of the shop you put your food in the in the collection box thing for mm-hmm. all that stuff and i actually got a in that box was a pack of um chewing gum uh with one left <laughs> yeah wow that was um it was nice as well actually it was it was um it was one the of the little luxuries one of these know? one of those juicy ones you know where you burst it sort of thing oh, imagine, yeah. imagine i was like and joe <laughs> 
here he is now, all grown up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the chewing gum just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was your first tour? Yeah, and then I... Um, and then I went back again for my what would be last tour, and that was um, a lot more eventful. Um, we had a lot more uh, casualties and things like that. We were actually in the green zone for for all of it, um, not far off the uh, Hellman River, um, and we you know had a couple of casualties. Uh, KIA, so uh, my platoon commander was killed, and um, is that killed in action? Right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So. Um, and then it all went from there, really. Um, you sort of spiral down a little rabbit hole. So, yes. Um, so, so you are you happy to talk about what what goes on? You know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So can I can I ask a few questions first, mate, before we get into that? Yeah. Uh, of course. Yes, it I, is. I mean, it's very hot. It's that, very I'm sandy. Get you to to do yours as well. I did have a good tan. Yes. <laughs> very hot and sandy. I was going to ask. Mm. Um, like, what age did you go into the army, mate? Yes, uh, seventeen. Did you say that? I did. Yeah. yeah. You said yeah. That. Sorry, mate. It's all right. There was a. Um, if you could, if you could listen, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I definitely am listening. <laughs> and um, my second question is, why did you do that? Um, interest. I know what I, what I was doing at seventeen, mate, and I certainly could never, like, I couldn't have served my country at seventeen. <laughs> um. Me neither, no, I'm I, I couldn't now. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'd want you, to be fair. Like, yeah, I mean, I, well, you're not really, wrong. You Thanks. Know. We should start our own army now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, it was just out of interest, really. Um, the the war in Iraq was just starting off, really. It was um, all over the TV and that. My granddad was in the, in the army, um, and he died when I was 10, so I never really got a chance to, mm. you know, hear stories and things like that about it. So, um, yeah, it was just that burning question. I wonder what war's like. Mm. Now, are we going to come on to more of your story in a second? But, Sam, do you want to just tell us a little bit about... Who you were doing when you were 17? (laughs) Who? No, but, like, a little bit about maybe just kind of some of your experiences, only the ones you want to talk about, because... um, like I said, they're vastly different, but you know, you you both faced faced things, and and also you both are quite similar in some of the things you face within your own mm. minds as well. Like, and obviously you're very different people, but there is a connection here. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I most definitely am not a soldier, but uh, yeah. So, so my experience with with mental health or issues dates back till, actually, ironically, a fear of the war which is funny, funny enough to, to kind of link that in a little bit. My, my earliest memories of, of feeling that way were um, when we went to war in, uh, when was it, 99, 8? When were you born? 92. That would be the, the first Gulf War then. So it was Tony, Tony Blair, Blair announcing, wasn't it? Tony Blair? When did he go to war? Oh, that was uh, two thousand and three. Yeah, maybe maybe it was War around two thousand and three. But after the, um, it, it definitely wasn't. It was definitely before that. Yeah, the twin towers would have been because like, I was in primary the invasion school. Invasion of Afghanistan and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so during that period, whatever, it, whenever it was, um, I remember um, being. That was my earliest memory of feeling anxious or feeling yeah. anything like that, um, because I see all these helicopters flying out or whatever from wherever they're going. And uh, that they'd they declared war or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember what the war was. I don't know the exact reference to history or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I suppose that I carried 
that anxiety with me for many years without going into it in too depth. I had a fear of helicopters flying over aeroplanes because I, I was just convinced that we were going to get bombed. Um, and then I suppose from there, um, you know, had a bit of a rocky childhood from, yeah. from you know, various, for, ver for various different reasons. And I just carried, carried that, 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 um, that feeling of, of uh, not feeling enough or, or feeling, you know, hard on myself into my adulthood and dealt with it through alcohol and drugs for many years and treating my body and other people terribly. Um, and then here I am, I suppose, to cut it. I don't want to go on about it too much, but yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So, okay, so let's, um, like, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do you guys one at a time. Seems fitting for our earlier... Well, hey, me first. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, now, Joe, you had an incident on your, on your last tour of Afghanistan um, where your boss was killed, and that was a, a big trigger for your PTSD. But um, uh, I actually want to come to after that because the... You know, you were still in the army, and when that came about, the support you got was not really there at all. Um, no, it was terrible. Um, I was in I was in Kenya on exercise at the time, and um, and I basically I didn't I didn't realise at the time. I spoke to a mate of mine who was who had been through it. Actually, it was because we were basically going through the motions of training to go back on tour. Um, so we were wearing the same kit, doing the same sort of things, patrolling and, and all this stuff. Um, and the stress must have just built up in me. Um, and then in the end, I had a. It was it was a bit of a like, kind of like a dry strike from a from a snake. Um, and I thought I'd been bitten. Obviously, on looking, there was no no bite mark or anything like that. But straight after that, I then started to hyperventilate panic and and you know think think I was dying basically um and that was pretty much my first um panic attack um that I would find out later on mm. but um treatment wise I was um ignored um called a liar threatened with being charged for malingering which is basically refusing to soldier um all the while there was me trying to say I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, I'm I'm more than happy to prove it. I'll walk out there now and and it'll set off a panic attack and you can see um that I'm not faking it, but but yeah, I was um like segregated from my from my mates. Um you know, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep properly. You weren't you put in a where you were segregated with um you, to do so, what were you doing? Washing the plates or something like that? Yeah, so you had um, like local nationals that would come and work for British forces when they're when they're in Kenya. So they would they would help with the cooking and cleaning and things like that. So so while um, once you, once you've eaten and things like that, while everyone's gone back to their tent and things like that, I would be collared over like always, always me to just help do all the pot washing and things like that and um, all the shit jobs basically. So at what point did this start happening after your first tour? No, it was after the so last my, tour. So my last my last tour oh, okay. was in 2011, and oh, okay. then we went to Kenya in 2012. And how so long it was, pretty was much that? A year for? later. How long did you go there for? Uh, it was about six, seven months. And you went twice or three times three to tours. Afghanistan. Yeah, twice. To twice Afghanistan. to Afghanistan, twice to Iraq. Oh, okay. Iraq was mm. the first two. Yeah. 
And you were in the army for how long? Eight years. Eight years. Wow. Now, so uh, so because on that, because I obviously you know through my documentary, I've been doing a lot of research into uh, to trauma and to mental health and stuff like that. Now, one of the biggest things um, about about trauma is that you know, uh, as as I've been ta taught, is that it can sometimes process naturally and it takes a little bit of time to do that but the environment in which you're in um affects that massively that how supportive that is now you know did, were you very quickly aware that but because obviously you didn't know what you were going through then were you very quickly aware that you that lack of support was making everything worse or did you just feel complete confusion and no idea what was going on um well, after we came back from that last tour of Afghan, a mate of mine and myself, we did sort of um, come to an agreement that it might help to get some sort of help just to talk about the things that we'd been through. Um, and it was pretty sparse and, and hard to get hold of and things like that, you know. Um, one of the things that held against me when I was in Kenya was the fact that I'd missed appointments and things like that. But you would never get told when your appointment was up until, you know, sometimes it would be like five minutes before or whatever, why aren't you at the med centre for your appointment? Um, I remember the one time it was, um, you do know you've got an appointment today. So I legged it up to the med centre and found out that it was actually, you know, like 30, 40 miles away, um, pissing down with rain. And uh, the only transport I had, because I couldn't get any, any vehicles from the MT or anything like that, um, was my motorbike. So I had to ride there fast as fuck to get to this appointment because if I missed it I would be charged charged as in as in punished yeah yeah so so talk talk me through that that because obviously I am I suppose you would consider me a civilian I don't know if that's the lingo yeah that's right um and I'm very uneducated when it comes to this but you're you're in this position, so you're in this position where this is affecting you a lot, was it? Like daily, this is a daily occurrence, or was there a period of time where it was just constant? These um, feelings of like these panic attacks and stuff like this. Yeah, so it was always on the in the back of my mind, and and um, and the stresses would build up purely from being um, in the army still and being treated the way I was, and mm. um, and what was it? What was it that like, I suppose, you, obviously, you've been through a lot of trauma and traumatic things, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine having doing so many tours of, of, of Iraq and, and et cetera. Um, what was it that that would cause these these problems to, or this, this feeling of anxiety or whatever it was you were feeling? That, that it would trigger it. What that, would yeah, what, what, were you, what were your triggers? Did you, did you, have you ever uh, worked that out or did you know it was specific events that happened or was it just a accumulation of being in such hostile environments constantly and then I suppose coming back to the norm and, and yeah uh, yeah so it, it's, it was all pretty much centred around um, when my boss was killed so um, basically we were in a in a patrol um, there was about eight or ten of us um, and we'd just just left our checkpoint, and as we got round the corner, uh, we were about 150 meters away from our front gate, actually. Mm. And where the trees were covering where we could see, we couldn't see behind these trees, obviously. Um, someone put an IED in just there, um, and that's like a floor exposed, like a landmine yeah, so type was, thing. It or? was it was basically an improvised claymore, which is a, an explosion 
explosion that forces out like loads of ball bearings, basically. Okay. Um, so this explosion went off, and um, and it hit the first two guys, injured them, hit my boss critically, and missed me. I was behind him, and then hit the next three people behind as well and injured them. <clears throat> and um, you know, I found later later on that day that I had a hole in my trouser leg, mm. and that was it. Um, so it was it was it was the whole um, that whole day basically of, of um, evacuating him back to our checkpoint, treating him and things like that, and then finding out later on. So, um, so I, sorry to interrupt you. So I suppose in that in that situation, you're I assume pumped with ungodly amounts of adrenaline, and your your main your main thing is to look after those that are injured or your, or your boss, etc. And you haven't even had the time to process the fact that you nearly just died. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there was a there was a there was a point where that's um, crazy because we we were we, while we were waiting for the boss to be evacuated, we were taking taking it in turns basically um, doing uh, CPR and everything like that. And uh, there was a point where I was just so drained, I needed some water, so I went off and and found some cold water, um, and I I then basically stripped all my kit off and just checked myself over, and I was I was in disbelief that I just had no no scrapes, no scratches, no nothing. Mm. Doesn't really, it doesn't really give you time to, to, to hit you. But just coming back, so, so because that was obviously the day that, that started it. So after that, were there specific incidents that would uh, trigger symptoms to come out or were they very sporadic? Um, I think it was all quite sporadic, really, but it was, it was because I'd, I'd constantly um, relive that situation daily in my head, like more than, more than once a day, like, you know. Um, yeah. And it would be... You know, my mind would make up other other situations, other scenarios where things had changed differently and things like that. So it was it was all I think it was my mind just trying to work out a way to get around it. Bloody hell. Well, so again, I'm going to come come back to this, but I just want to kind of keep us moving with um, in, together in in a, in a kind of parallel here almost. So, so Sam, with 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 yourself, when did you notice like everything getting too much? Um, because you know you did you did suffer a lot for a long time. Like, obviously, I saw I saw a lot of that as well. But you but there, was there a point that it came to where it was like like okay everything has gotten to a point out of control. Mm. And and with that, what kind of support or kind of did you try and reach out for that? And and what kind of things were, were they happening for you? Because you mm. said a lot about the alcohol as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of them them things where. From a young age, even now, I, I've always looked at the world in a very, I don't want to use the word strange, I'll use the word unique way. And I've always, things have always puzzled me. And human behavior and how people act has always puzzled me. And I've always been in constant search of answers that are not there. So I've always had, like, my, I've always known that the way my mind processes information is different from a young age. But in terms of it affecting me negatively, um, i.e. this, this um, like anxiety or depression, it was, I think, throughout my teenhood, I didn't really recognise it so much. I knew that when something hurt me, it really hurt me. I went through some, you know, some trauma when I was a kid, um, domestic violence and, and stuff like this, but I didn't know that that, had affected me at all until you know i mean i still am convinced that 
it didn't. But, you know, therapy and things like this would suggest differently. And the way that I process information, my relationships with people would reflect uh, and, and, and suggest that, that, that those things did did affect me and I, I remember you know during the peak of of everything that was going on you know uh, without going into it some domestic stuff um, at my mum's house and then I moved to my dad's house and then there was this whole thing uh, surrounding kind of like abandonment and things like this it was like I would be sad like constantly and in fear constantly that's kind of where I get this whole persona as an adult where I don't care what people think or not necessarily what they think but I don't fear anyone like yeah. this is why where I get that from because I'm like I spent so many years fearful of one particular man um, and fearful of one again like you said mate going through these scenarios in your head that I could have done this different I could have now nowhere near as you know on the level that 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 Joe's been through but similar sort of mind processing do you get me not that you should ever compare trauma <coughs> it was just just to pause <coughs> you there actually and I, I will come to this again later the art of comparison i um, well i spoke i spoke to joe and i said one thing that's definitely going to come up that <coughs> i'm going to intervene in is that you're going to compare um, yeah 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 and but you, you shouldn't i no. know you shouldn't but just, I, just one of the worst things i ever did with that actually was um was uh there was a a, re a residential um <coughs> sort of course thing we went on mm. and uh, and we ended up doing a bit of a group therapy thing and at this point you're you're sat on a chair in a circle with all these guys that have been on tours and and done and seen horrendous things and you're then asked to to bear all basically you know what's 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 been troubling you and things like that so you're then sitting there listening to some horrific stories and um, why am I? I'm thinking, why am I here? Like, yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. worse, way worse than me, sort of thing. So that that's one thing that can that can really yeah. push you push you back a step is is thinking that yeah. you know your reason for for struggling is is not worthy because of other people's. Exactly. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I th I just wanted to highlight that when it came about because yeah. they, it's again like where, where you're going, it's not near the level of Joe's. Joe's sitting there in a room going, oh, mine's not near the level of his and. This is why. This is why, though, it, from like other than kind of definitely getting educated on 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 war and things like this, and your experience as a soldier, it's important for people that are listening to podcasts like these because we've done a few of these type podcasts. Mm. Is to take draw inspiration or draw, um, you know, maybe perhaps techniques and things like this, but to never take the story at face value and think okay, but why am I, why do I feel sad? Because nothing's particular. I've got friends that don't feel like they can feel sad because nothing's really gone wrong in their life. Yeah, yeah. When, when you know, it, on a, let's talk, if we talk on a biological level, it's an imbalance of chemical in, on a biological level. And, and yeah. how, how is, and obviously, you know, things can contribute, but how is, how is that? your fault or anyone's fault or how does that matter versus someone who's got a billion problems versus someone who's got none but still feels the same Every, yeah. everyone's going to experience their own version of deep sadness or or, or anxiety or i had a panic. therapist say to me once i was i was comparing exactly the same and then and i was like you know other people have had it better uh, a lot worse than me and whatever and he said but does that help to cure you and i was like no he's like so then 
why are we worrying about other people? Why aren't you taking that space to understand yourself? And I was like, exactly. Well, I mean, not me for six, but yeah. but sorry, yeah. So so we completely interrupted you there. Um, well, I did. I'm trying to bring Joe down with me. No, no, no. Um, no. Go back to your. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> That's all right, mate. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you were, you were talking about like. Uh, oh no. So so uh, just to cut the, the long story short. So throughout throughout my teens and my adulthood, I was in denial a lot mm. I spent a lot of time crying and feeling sad and, and most definitely not feeling enough for whatever reason I still don't to this day but so I would allow it to dictate my life and to deal with those those I suppose those thoughts and those feelings and stuff um, you know I would drink a lot I would party a lot I would you know bounce from relationship if you can call them that to relationship yeah um, to from woman to woman um, trying to fill a void that I had in my brain of, and I still have it. This I feel like this is massive void of, you know, uh, relationship and and relationships in general, and with myself. Like I, I I just feel there's a void there that I need to fill, and I try my best to fill it in any way I can. And during you know that time where I didn't have much of an understanding of myself, I would fill it with negative and toxic things rather than you know, positive things and stuff. But I suppose your your question earlier was about support and, and things like, like when this. Thing, when, when, when it, did you realise, I need help, something's wrong, and then what was around you, what were you faced with when that I, happened? I think I realised I needed help a lot, like, earlier than, than, than I thought, than I actually did. So, so I thought, you know, early 20s, probably late teens, I realised that I really had an issue, particularly with alcohol and things like this, because... I would end up crying and, and just being distraught over smallest things. And I was like, why am I so sad? And I'd spend days in bed. And, and, you know, when you're living that life, it's cool to do that, to get smashed and to lay in bed all day hungover because, <laughs> like, but it's not. When your friends are like, oh, last night was mad. I got a bit of a splitting headache. But you're in bed thinking you're ashamed of yourself and uh, you're, you're laying there. But... I suppose to get round to your question. Mm. Um, what was it what, again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm waffling. <laughs> yeah, you're um, not Sam at all. I suppose it was um, probably just maybe three to four years ago was when I was like, when I first thought about, you know, dying mm -hmm. and not wanting to be here anymore. Um, that was when I first seeked help. And then again, much like Joe, I felt a little bit abandoned um, by the health service and, and you know I'm a huge advocate for the health service yeah. um, and it's most definitely improved but I think three, four, five years ago whenever it was I'm terrible with timelines no it's fine um, I got just kind of left they referred me gave me some tablets mm -hmm. and then that was it and then I was that was it then it was me and then I was like because I I went through the stage of okay I'm getting help. That kind of gave me a boost for a small while. And then I, I dealt with it myself up till kind of last year. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose it's nearly two years now. Is it, oh, no. Coming up a year, actually. I'm so stupid with dates. It had been last August slash September when, you know, I had this episode where I was convinced I was going to kill myself. And, you know, it landed me up the old hospital and that. So, yeah, that was it in a nutshell. I suppose three, four years ago was when I first realised. I can't believe it's been that long actually already because that's yeah. quite yeah it's got it's got to have been been that long well i try and compare it to times in my life because i don't remember yeah. exactly when it was 
Um, but I remember the first, it was 2016, that was when it was, because I remember the first time I ever got help, which I would, I would recommend you do if you're scared to go to your GP or something. I self-referred myself online. Oh, wow. Which you can do, and yeah. you write out your issues. If I'm honest, I found their process, I didn't find it that helpful. Yeah. But if you just want to take the first step, I would recommend doing that, and we can maybe get some links and stuff. I think it's called Let's Talk or something like this. Wow. You can I didn't self-refer. Know you could do that. Yeah, you can self-refer. So, okay, so again, I'm just going to keep weaving between you two just because yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting to, <clears throat> to hear because, again, I, I know both of your stories in, in part and, it's, and there are a lot of connections. And, um, and again, if you were to put on paper, like the two of you, you know, people might think you seem worlds apart, but actually you're not. You're human and you're both feeling a lot of the same things. And, you know, so, you know, Sam, that you talk about alcohol and, and, then, and then going through a lot of stuff, but Joe, you, you turned to alcohol a little bit to soothe and stuff yeah it's all about self-medication isn't it so yeah it was um and it was a it was the, the sort of the army way as well was to you know you get paid you go and spend your wages down the pub um mm. you know i used to i used to drink my wages within about a week or two and then live off you know bread and jam or something like that you know um and yeah it was it was it was like that for for years to come even when i left the army it was you know i was i was working to fund an, ap an appetite really you know I would, I would finish work get home crack a bottle and just keep drinking till I fell asleep what was your turning point that, that made you say right I've got to take a step and how did you find that <clears throat> um so there was a few there was a few times where where over where, when I left the army so I left the army in 2013 um and then there was a few occasions across the years where I'd, I'd sort of tried to reach out and, and get some help from like military charities like combat stress and things like that um but it was just it was it was too much of a nightmare really because when you're when you're s struggling with like ptsd and anxiety and depression and things like that you're you're basically what i see it is you're on a roller coaster so when you're really really low and you want that help you that's when you that's when you call out that's when you ask for it but when you when you hit um you know walls basically where you've got to you know sign up to something or wait for a call back and things like that you you just you know it's just not not good enough really so is it the abandonment feeling again yeah pretty much yeah you know you're saying i need help i need help and they're saying well call back in five minutes because we're busy did you, you find know? the same like when you're having to wait around and and you're trying to reach out do you do you, is it kind of like you're just being left in the lurch, like you've taken this giant step that takes a lot of courage to do. And then when it's kind of like the help isn't sufficient or it's you are treated like, you know, in this very procedural process, mm. does that does that add to that mm. kind of frustration of going, oh, you know what, sod this, I don't want to, I don't want to reach out? My, my biggest advice, is that there's a couple of things, right, is number one, and this is something that I still am learning, is to with you know making that first step whether it be talking to a friend talking to a therapist going to the gp whatever self-referring whatever method you take the most important thing to do is to manage your expectations mm. um because it can and i talk from personal experience it can lead you down a path of uh disappointment and mm. and 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 it pushes you towards giving up because what people do is they think that, like with most things, you go and get a pill or you go and get a surgery, you yeah. go and get 
in, in this case you go therapy because people are like you should go therapy it's so amazing mm. blah, blah 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 and you think that there's going to be this this magic conversation that's going to make everything right mm. and someone's going to go yeah i i uh, and they're going to go oh have you been feeling anxious and panicky and you go that's me that's me <laughs> like and then they go well have you thought about breathing and then you look at them, like, not to make jokes about it, but, no, like, because yeah. certain techniques are very effective for some people. But I would say at first, when you're first making that step, um, manage your expectations. And also, back to, back to your question, you should expect when you make that first step that you might not have that hands-on, you know, help and everything that you need right away. Yeah. If you're, if you're going through, like, our health service, for example... And, and, and in many cases, you know, particularly with, you know, that you've educated me with, with people coming home from, from, from combat mm. or war, there isn't, the resources are, are very limited Stretched, anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they're, they're almost non-existent anyway. So yeah. it's about when you make that first step is be proud of yourself and, and keep reminding yourself that you have made that first step. Mm. Um, and again, yeah, if you did that, that was you doing that first step. It wasn't that magic person that's yeah, going to come and help yeah. you. You, admit you did that. And and I found I found a lot of um, I found a lot of uh, strength from just my small actions. Mm. Like I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Even now, I'm on a waiting list right now as we speak. Even though you know I'm in hospital, trying to commit suicide in August. Yeah. And since then, I've had you know two appointments i've had less appointments since my kind of suicide episode than i did when i wasn't feeling that way yeah that's how crazy it is but the the resources to deal with it at that level are even smaller yeah and even more you know like gold like yeah. to come by so it's, it's difficult crazy, it's though. tough it's tough. I, I think I think it, I think it's I think you're touching on a great thing. Like, but you know, there there isn't there isn't just one way either. Like I always say this to people: there isn't, it's like no. yeah. you've got to be prepared for trial and error. But the trying and the willingness to step forward is going to take you somewhere. How how did you find successful um, treatment, or did you find successful treatment, or how did you find a way to step out of that zone, Joe? Um, I mean, I did in the end. I. I um, you know, a couple of times over the years, I'd spoken to a GP and things like that, um, and just been given, you know, sleeping tablets and things, which go great with alcohol, um, especially when you're you're in Preach. a poor, poor, poor state of mental health. A doctor to give you sleeping pills, knowing that you you're drinking excessively, is 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 just horrendous, really. Mm. Um, Irresponsible, mate. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but in the end, um, you know, there was a, there was a few few dark patches where I then pretty much decided if I don't get help this time that's me yeah you know I'm checking out um and it was um it was 2018 that um I basically I lost two good mates to suicide within the space of a month of each other um and both veterans as well and I had basically made the decision to kill myself as well um, but I thought I'd give it one last go. So I went to uh, my doctor's. Um, I'd actually booked an appointment online on an app and not done it properly, I guess, because when I got there, they said, no, there's no appointment for you. Um, when I broke down at the desk, they decided to get me in 
in a, an emergency appointment with a doctor. Um, and, yeah, he pretty much made it all better, really. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd spoken to the right person, really, because he, you know, he listened to me. He, he, um, he pointed me in the direction that I needed to go. Um, I had to self-refer myself as well to a, yeah. this thing called Positive Steps, basically, um, which is, you know, you, you, you go online, you put your details in, a little brief about uh, what you're struggling with, and then they they get in touch basically, and um, yeah, I felt like there was there was a there was light at the end of the tunnel, mm. you know. Mm. And um, the, only, the only weird thing about it was because I was because I was a veteran. Um, when they when they called me up, they said, um, "Oh, because you're ex-military, you're you're more of a priority, so mm. you get basically bumped to the top of the list." And um, and we, I, I would I basically I went and seen someone within six weeks. And it actually made me feel really bad that I was being put in front of other people that mm. you know that were that were also struggling as well. So I don't like jumping cues on British. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we wait patiently and <laughs> moan when we get in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to our wives. <laughs> that was a long cue. Um, now, so I, I mean, this podcast is going to go over a little bit our normal length of time and I'm totally happy for that and Sam you don't have a choice in that today I was, I was thinking of cutting a bit out earlier anyway <laughs> he's already planning ahead. Yeah. all of Rachel's yeah, waffling yeah yeah, 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 oh, yeah. thank you guys it's basically I'm going to remove Rachel's voice <laughs> yeah. they're just me and Joe <laughs> there'll just be moments of silence <laughs> <Yeah>. pauses um, <laughs> so and, cause again like, what would be great obviously is at another time to really go into the stories and, and, and some of the events like in great detail but because we're covering men's mental health and uh, you know, you two are both quite good at talking about your mental health. Um, when you were in the in the depths of, and I say when because it, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen again. You know, like it, it can be a cycle. We're like rivers; we flow through different, you know, faster, slower, deeper, shallower, like all of the rest. Okay, Sam's, Sam's giving me a smile there that I I don't like based on it. the earlier topic, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but. When, when it comes to being a man and your mental health, when you are in the depths of it, um, and I'll throw this to you, you first, Sam, um, just to keep it kind of going in, in order. Um, what is that like? Like, you know, do you, do you, are you very aware that you shouldn't feel a certain way because you're a male? Is that culture around you? Was it a, a factor in, in you? Like, do you think that, you know? The thing, uh, the thing is, I, I don't think I'm probably the best person to ask because in that way I'm a very open book I look at the way in a, I look at the world in a in a way where I don't see the need to keep lots and lots of secrets I'm actually quite a blabbermouth <laughs> yes. if I'm honest I'm terrible at keeping secrets you are yes um and so so I suppose I'm probably the, a, a bad person to ask but I I think there is a culture of trying to be tough but I think that's imposed on I think we impose that on ourselves, like trying to be this tough, macho man because of the generations before us and how a male or a, a geezer should should act and conduct himself. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that, you know, the, the, the highest rate of suicide is in men between 45 and something 40. Under 50, 35, isn't it? I, I think... I think it's the biggest killer. I, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I saw that the other day, but I might again. I should we should triple check that. Yeah, first. we should, we should. But 
anyways, there's a high percentage of people that commit suicide in their kind of 40s to 50s. And this is that generation before us that that are... Um, um, and I, I, I can personally speak. There's been multiple people that come in my dad's pub that have committed suicide over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and that's because they're growing up and their culture, even, you know, you speak to my dad and his generation, their, um, their culture was to be a geezer and to be tough and to be this way and that way. But I, I think it exists less now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a period of time where um, I felt like, there was a moment where all of a sudden everyone had anxiety and depression and everyone had it. Yeah. And I think everyone does suffer with a level of it. Um, and I think that's kind of settled down now and it's more accepted in society. Mm-hmm. So there's more of a, we champion guys that talk about their feelings and how they, how they are feeling on a day to day and it isn't so frowned upon. Um, but I don't know if it's different, different for you, mate. Yeah, because you're already in that, that, military mindset as well which is very much uh suck it up carry on man up and you know something's wrong you i mean you have to at some points yeah of course yeah but do you when so when you're and and considering there is such a high rate of of trauma like in 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 that field um did you notice very quickly that that your masculinity came into that uh yeah because you you always have to play the the you know i'm i'm all right i'm a soldier sort of thing you know um Everyone's got an ego. Everyone's got, um, you know, that masculinity and things like that. Because, you know, what what good are you as a soldier if you, you know, if you're crying all the time and things like that? You know, um, the only emotion you're 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 really needed to to show is anger when you're, you know, when you're in a in a, yeah. in a firefight and things like that. You know, that's the only emotion that the army really needs from you. Um, but um and it's and it's taken it's taken a lot of time and a lot of self reflection for me to actually be able to um open up and talk about you know feelings and things like that purely because of you know where i've been where i've come from <clears throat> and um and the treatment i've had and and finding out really that that talking is actually you know one of the best medicines really you know mm. it, it, sorry Rach, no, no. it must be incredibly difficult to because like i said i'm probably the wrong person to ask that question you just did too it must be incredibly difficult to have that and i, I, I don't want to use the word burden but i'm going to because i don't have a, a vast vocabulary i'll get you a th- thesaurus later yes, <laughs> and tripped over my teeth there um, <laughs> it must be incredibly difficult to know you're feeling that way know how that can be perceived and and, and, and know that the i suppose the minimum expectation of you as a soldier is that you're tough Mm. And that you're, you're hard, and you're, 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 I suppose you're dangerous. You're, 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 you're trained. You're, uh, yeah. you're, you're. I mean, I don't want to use the word, but like a trained killer, in a lot of ways. The, the the sad thing about it is that yeah, you are trained to do, do these sort of things and that, but um, you're only really given the the slack on the leash when you're when you're on operations and things like that. So when you're, um, when you're not deployed, when you're back in in the UK and things like that, you are treated pretty much like a kid. Mm. Um, and they, and they, they do that, I guess, as a, as a form of, um, I don't know, just to keep, just to keep you on the leash, basically, like, you know, mm. um, so you're not really, you're not given the, the time to, to evaluate your emotions and, and your, your life and things like that. You know, you're just there to, to do what you're told. 
to, to, con to contrast, when, let's, I've just got a couple more questions. I won't keep banging on, and, and then we'll, we'll end up with our, our lighter way of, you know, keeping it, you know, whatever. But um, when you are, and I, you did this in my documentary, actually, before, um, Minds Matter, which is being screened soon. I'll, I'll we'll give a shout out for the dates because Sam helped on I look so clapped in that video. Mental, no, you saw a, a very bad version that I had to quickly fix for a performance. But what words when you are feeling very low, like what words or statements, if you just had to give me like four or five, come to mind that kind of eat up at you? Like what are those, those recurring thoughts? Um, what, when you're down and out mm. or whatever? I suppose you feel lifeless. Um, you feel you feel not enough. You feel... Sort of like you're in a dreamland. Yeah, man. It's, mm. it's quite um, intoxicating in a weird way because your head goes a bit fuzzy. And that's another version. Like, you feel cloudy. Mm. Like, you feel like you can't string a thought together properly. Um... And you're in this weird thing. It's almost like, the way I describe it is like, um, you are quite literally like you're in this tunnel vision thing where you're just kind of floating around. I imagine it feels similar having a, um, like an astronaut's helmet on. <laughs> like a little bit of space. But everything you're thinking and saying is bouncing around, excuse me, bouncing around in your little helmet. And that's how I feel when... you got a little helmet on you. <laughs> goodness sake. It is what it is. <laughs> oh God, um, that's the root of it all. I think I think that that, that plays a part on on memory as well because like my memory is is pretty crap and mm. especially of um, you know being being on operational tours as well is you know I can I could probably list the the, the funny memories I've got from from being on tour mm. on one hand like you know but. I can go right into depth on on anything that the bad, bad that's happened, like, you know, and even even post army as well. There's a lot of missing spaces, um, you know, down down to maybe like the alcohol as well, or or just just the whole walking around like a zombie. Yeah, you know, it is interesting that we retain the negative stuff. Like, and we only and you talk about your life. If if I ask you to name five good things that have happened by events that you'd be like, oh, smashing you. I would struggle. I was just trying to think then. Yeah. But if I said, can you name five shitty things that have happened? You can, I can reel them off. Yeah. Do you know I mean, it's very interesting that that's what we retain. Mm. I think we're taught, we're taught that as well. Like we're in this kind of society, like where you are constantly, it, the negative, it, it, it's, it's given so much more importance than the positive And, um, you know, like again, like so. Do, when you're when you're you guys are feeling down, like you know, you're, I guess there's isolation, there's loneliness, there's kind of there's a lot of hurt and pain and stuff. What what could help you in those in those moments? Like, what do you need? Like, what are you are you feeling that you need? And like, what should other people? Because other people will be feeling the same, right? And they'll be able to relate to what you guys are feeling. But because you're both in places where you're talking about it, like, you know, like. What, what, what do you need people to do around you? Because obviously we know the, the common one is, oh, it'll be all right, don't worry. Mm. Oh, thanks, you've just cured depression for the whole world. Like, why don't we think of this? You know, but what do you... Th I mean, it's hard to know what you need. But mm. what do I you think? I think it's different for everybody. You know, it, it all depends on your your outlook on life and your, your situation as it is at, at, at that time. Um, 
you know there might be, there might be times where in fact what you do need is a is a good beer with your mate mm. you know um but i mean the best cure really is just is to you know just to be outside fresh air you know trees <laughs> things like that you know just to be in nature mm. It's it's tough. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's I would say to anyone else um, out there, like um, be okay with not understanding mm-hmm. someone um, because and 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 when someone when someone needs space, give them space, but let them know that you know they you are there if you need them. That's all we can do. We mustn't. People get caught up in this idea of. I wish I could have done more because X, Y, and Z. But if you let your friend know that you were there and whatever happens and and, and the worst thing happens, as a human being, you shouldn't feel guilt and you shouldn't feel like you have to, you know, you let that know that person know that you were there Mm. and you, and, and, you know, you turn up sometimes when they didn't really want you there. I I would say that like for people outside looking in, like that is enough that is enough as long as someone knows you're there and you are there like you're present you're not there like when you know like i had it i had it recently um not recently probably kind of during that period of time and and, and hospital and and time off work and stuff and i got a message from an ex-girl like oh how are you and i said well i'm not good and she said oh well i'm always here if you need me no no shut up don't say stuff like that yeah so empty isn't it yeah like don't just say stuff yeah like if you're going to be there for someone be there for them if they need you if they need you be there but understand that you're not gonna and and don't make it about yourself yeah if you're going to be there for someone listen yeah listen to what they've got to say with no judgment don't say if i were you i would do this listen to them and ask them what is it you think you should be doing what is you? Th- yeah. What is it you think that would help? Might help you. Yeah. I feel like I just need to get away. All right. Well, should we book a holiday? I feel like I'd just like to go for a, a nice drink. You know. Great. Just I've, go for a nice drink. I feel drink. like I, yeah. I, I feel like I would like to. You know, just be on my own for a bit. Yeah. Great. If you need me, like I'm just at the other end of the phone. I think there's this massive fear of, particularly with the rate of suicide and the way it is now, there's this massive fear of leaving people. Mm. alone and i don't think i think there's only so much you can do as an individual um with kind of being there for someone i think it's a two-way street in the terms of like and joe we've had this conversation before about about caring for someone isn't just again like i'm always here actively caring it's Mm. like the action you take but also that's also a two-way street i'm going to actively care sam joe like for example i i'm here if you need something, tell me. Equally, if you need space, tell me. But I am thinking of you, and I and I want to help you. But then, at the same time, I want you to actively ask me if you need something. And I know yeah. that might be hard, but I will greet you with um, a listening ear. And if you need me to just listen or you want advice, be clear with me. Even when it's hard, mm. don't be afraid. You can't push me away by telling me mm. what you need. Mm. And I think that's the other thing. It's like we push people away or we lash out if we can't help them the right way. We have to mm. get a balance of thinking, actively thinking of the other person, not actively thinking what I think is right for the other person or actively thinking what like, they're going to do. Because mm. actually, two sufferers, I would say that you don't realise, like, 
when you can help someone else, you feel good about yourself. So letting someone care about you will help them and possibly help you. Mm, mm. But equally, you have to draw your boundaries. You know. What? What? Sorry, mate. Go on. Um, yeah, I was just going to say you have to look at what what people actually say to you as well. You know, if 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 you're there saying, "Oh, I'm I'm there for you if you need me," or you know, you want to help someone, and they're lashing out and and fighting back and things like that. You, you know, you don't need to take their words that are coming out of their mouth as as what what they're trying to say mm. to you. Mm. You know, you need to you need to look at the bigger picture, really. Um, you know, they might say something that's hurtful, but what you've got to realise is that you know, there's a reason why they've said that's that, and it hurt. could be because they are hurting themselves. Yeah, mm. we I was we're good at this. We've said this before on the podcast. Like when me and Sam are feeling down at all, we get more aggressive to each other, but we don't take any personal thing from that. It's that sometimes you just need to be able to just have a little bit of a argument and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we can just... It's important, isn't it? It's important. Oh, like I love insulting you when I'm feeling down. And I know you love doing it to I me. I was actually just about to say that. I was just about to say, um, in, in regards to our relationship, it's it's one of those ones where we can kind of... We know each other well enough now that when we're messaging or whatever, or if we don't hear from each other, we might just say, all right, cunt. <laughs> or, you keep using this damn word. Yeah, like, uh, no, it's Tuesday, but, remember? All right, mug, or whatever, yeah? Yeah. Usually it's the C word, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. Is everything cool? Yeah, I'm all right. Just, how are you? Yeah, depressed. Cheer up then, or whatever. You shouldn't tell people to cheer up, by the way. we're mugging each other off. Mugging each other off. And then, because we're just checking in. If you need me, I'm here for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you need me, I'm here for you. That's my next one I'm sending tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and for us, our relationship, that works, because we know that we're taking the piss out of each other. We can just call each other names and take the piss out of each other and it makes us somewhat feel a little bit better for whatever reason <laughs> yeah. um, but we just, we it just reminds you that you know that person's there and they yeah. are they and are that's, be it. Honest. that's it yeah. that's it because you've had these conversations before and you've, yeah. you've, you've got this this bond as friends mm. yeah um, you know you, you can insult each other and you can say you know the things that you find fucking horrible yeah. and yeah, really yeah. irritating it's fun but it, it, it just if you need anything off it, your chest it, mate, let me know it, it, solidif- <laughs> it solidifies that friendship and it solidifies that thought in your head that yeah they are there for me yeah it does and it does and it's, it's and it's weird because when I don't hear from we don't hear from one each other it's kind of weird yeah. after a few days and we do speak a lot yeah. like, it's because we we're busy exactly exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. <laughs> people right? won't get that thankfully and uh, no no but it is it's true and it's like but I always just check in like all right. And I remember the other day, I was like, all right, cunt. And then I realized straight <laughs> afterwards, I felt like I hadn't spoken to you for ages, but I'd spoken to you the night before and yeah. forgot because it was so brief, the conversation <laughs> yeah. that we had. I can't remember. You sent me something just to check in or whatever. And it was so brief, I'd actually forgot. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's that. And one more thing just before we end. Yeah. Because now we're kind of... Uh, I would say to everyone else out there, the normies, as I like to call them. <laughs> I'm sure they love hearing that. Yeah, I've said that so many times. <laughs> Is, is, is look for indicators of, of, uh, and, and patterns of behaviour that might suggest, you know, your friend might be struggling or your family member yeah. might be struggling. Because I think a lot of the time people say, um, like if people meet me outside in the office or whatever, and then all of a sudden I committed suicide, they'd say, you'd have never thought it, would you? <laughs> yeah. But if you look in between the lines of my mood swings and mm-hmm. things like this, and yes, you're going to put on a mask outside, but... There, I, I believe there are always indicators. Yeah. Someone doesn't just go from, like, unless they obviously lose their mind or whatever, whatever the clinical term is for that. Yeah. There is, there's always some indicators, small indicators. They're spending a lot of time indoors, alone, 
spending a lot of time in bed, poor hygiene, not speaking to people, uh, you know, being, you know, having mood swings, things like this. At least for myself, these are indicators when I am yeah. not feeling great um, or unable to communicate. Just look out for them and, and, and ask, because there is that, that cliche thing of talk to a friend, ask your buddy if they're okay. Yeah. Like I agree with that, but like, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions yeah. straight out. Like you need to, yeah. you need to. We need to stop being like, oh, I shouldn't ask about this in case I make him feel worse. He's already feeling that way in his head. Like I, I will for message. I mean, and again, do this with people you're comfortable with. Don't go in with this when you're building a relationship. I'll go in with Sam. All right, how's the depression? When I know he's feeling down, because I just get straight to it, and and we're comfortable enough to not care how we feel. And it's, you know, I think it's important, but. Guys, I actually would love to go on about this. I know Rachel's stressing because we've gone over an hour. Yeah. I've seen her. Looking no, but at I'm the, like, I'm like, it's cool, man. Like, it's cool. I, this this episode is holding it. I think it needs it, and I'd I'd love to. Is there some sort of issue with going over an hour? Is there? What? She has massive issues. All <laughs> oh, right. I've got my. Should own we just round it up problem. to two hours and carry on? <laughs> Part two is going to be all about Rachel, by the way. Oh, okay. We're bringing Joe back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Joe's going to be your guest the... appearing on our podcast. Oh my god. Okay, uh, I'm not available for that one because I'm. Uh, washing my hair so sorry guys <laughs> but so i just before we go on to our what would you do if or would, would you rather um i think we'll sack that off today no we're not because oh, i've got, got a great a one, one. yeah oh, okay. you, so you better have thought of one to get him trying to get out of it I just thought, i've got you know, two if you want one of mine off. you can have you know. no because i think it's nice to end on a light note and just want to say thank you both for your honesty and like i don't know if there's anything else you feel like you should have said joe that you haven't and I think now now we're sort of at the end of the podcast. You'll, you'll should, go through we that. We should the, probably elaborate. listen to it and go, oh, for fuck's sake, I, sh- I should have said that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been, been so epic, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like Make to that, that re-record this. Into your head and you're like, yeah, you're like, Do oh, I fuck. want to ask what you were going to say, though? Well, obviously, you know, we're talking about the, the species of bees and it is actually boobies that make milk. <laughs> oh, great. I'm so happy. So, I'm, I'm just going to move on. So I'm going to... Um, Let's bring the show home, baby. I, I, so if, if you really don't have one, I'm going to give no, us... No, I, I don't. Okay. Well, I forgot that was a segment, if I'm totally honest. I mean, these, are, these aren't great, but one thing I'd like to ponder, right, an idea, and this is a crap is one. Is this like a what if? What, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. What would you rather? What Normally would you rather? I, yeah, oh, like, right. Guide your... What? Would you rather have fingers Well, I was toes looking toes for these fingers. online, right, and... Uh, the first one that came up, which is not a would you rather. She says looking. Say she it. definitely just Googled it quickly on the Mantelligence.com, by the way. Mantelligence.com. Wow. Um, but like one of the website. number 18 on the funny ones was, what if the only reason we can't walk through mirrors is because our reflection blocks us? Not kidding. Mind was blown for a little while because the only reason I can't move further in the mirror is because... My finger's in the way, or my head's in the way, or... No, because... No, I think it's because the mirror's in the way. <laughs> and it's a solid... Okay, well, you know... It's a, that's maybe like we going... Should, maybe we should get next, high before we... Next, please. What if the only reason I can't walk for a bench is because the bench is in the way? <laughs> so, okay, so... I thought this would be good just because you two have a lot of lame jokes. Rachel's mind's blown from the simplest things. I can't believe your mind was blown from that. Listen, uh, you can call me your highness I'll walk upstairs now, later and fall through uh, my mirror into a different <laughs> thing. Sam's going to be trying to communicate and, in my dreams. And, and, Mir- and Mirror Brown will be like, you shouldn't have taken the piss, mate, because now you're stuck here with me. Is it, is it worth finding a vampire to ask this question too to see if they like actually walk through mirrors? Oh, my God. If you can find me a vampire, we'll get them on the pod. Hmm. We'll be millionaires. We'd um, have to do it at night, though. This is a lame one. Normally, I have a pretty sick one. And she I... was bragging about this a minute ago. They actually, sleep during the day. Actually, so, if you haven't got one, I've got a gross one that I'm going to Go put on. on here. And because you two are gross, we'll do it. So the first one's a nice, easy one. 
What if you had to change your name? What would your name be and why would you choose that name? Now, I'm worried about these answers from you two, if I'm honest. I have no idea on mine. If I had to change my name? Uh, hmm. No, I'm trying. No, 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 no. I've got, I've got one. <laughs> Sam wants his to be epic this summer. No, no, no. Mine would be Ben. <laughs> <laughs> ben Rod. That's what mine would be. Why would it be Ben Rod? Because then, when I go to like a like a doctor's appointment, they'd be like, "Is there a Mr. B Rod here?" And people would think it says Big Rod. Instead of Ben, oh it's like oh, it's it's subtle. No. You know? That's very subtle and quite it's elaborate. Subtle. It's yeah. not like bend over mm. or like. Oh, bloody hell. Do you know what I mean? Or Phil McCracken. <laughs> like it's not like well, it's subtle. It's like, is there a Mr. B Rod here? And I'll be like, that's me. That's me. Oh my god. Got a do big you, rod. Do you, do you have like if you if you go to like Starbucks and things like that when they ask you for your name, do you have like a name you give them or anything? I am not part of uh, that scum mm. of the earth that go to Starbucks. Um, wow. So no, I, I've never had that experience, but I'm aware of what they do. I'm aware of what they do. They do, they do take away coffees and stuff. <laughs> so come on yeah. then, Joe. I've, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard. I learn in history at some point in my life mm. about what they do there. What would, on, your, what would your name be? I don't know. I mean, if you just have to pick one, thinking right now. Uh... We'll have to Bojangles. Have to, have to edit out the, the tumbleweeds and stuff like that. I'm going to have to think about this. You'd have to, you should have, I'm you should just have, trying to think you should what have told, You should have asked me this like, at the start. I'd want something this, like... This is too much of a... Chuck. A or, like, I could have shortened Rachel to Ray. Like, no, I'd want a proper Ray. boy's name. Hmm. Ray. How, 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 how very, we call you how very Shoreditch? R Shoreditch? Oh. Hi, I'm Ray. Your name's Rachel, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but my friends call me Ray. They don't, they do they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do. That was me when I was young. You yeah, know, I don't that think was they in do. a, Yeah, man. When I was in Australia, they that's why I tried. Roxy. Yeah, people call me Ray. My name's Roxy. Roxy. When I was young, actually, I changed my name to Tyler for a week when I was on holiday with my friend, and her name was Zoe, and she changed it to Morgan. And she remembered so well. She'd be like, Tyler, and I'd just ignore her the whole time. And then I'd be like, Zoe, and she'd be like, Who's Zoe? And I'd be like, What? You are. <laughs> she'd be like, No, my name's Morgan. Ra Rachel's actually going to start. Her own podcast of her, her great traveling stories. Mm. <laughs> First episode is uh, Tyler okay. Morgan. Joe, give us a name because I'm going to give you, I'm going to end this on the most disgusting one for people. I, to I feel about. like move on. Well, I mean, my, obviously my <laughs> Joe's happy with his name. Okay, my, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with my name, but my initials state obviously oh, God, uh, something something incredibly different. And if obviously you can't see that I've got luscious long locks of hair, so uh, and a beard and a beard and my. My initials are JC, so, you know, I kind He answers of, to Jesus Christ and Jesus. God. I pretty much am the Messiah. You know, right. I've also got flip-flops on, so... That's, oh, that's, uh, you have. Okay. And I tan well, so that's... Okay. You know, I'm ticking all the boxes, He's got really. all of it. So, on the last one, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure I haven't done, because I'm just moving on, because you guys are, are killing The only kids. downside is I know who my all dad right, is, so... Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And my mum is definitely not a virgin. <laughs> Rough that. Okay, so anyway, moving on from that very quickly, just to leave you all on a killer one. Or should I, should we just end it there? No, 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 no come yeah, on. I feel, I feel like Rage, you need to, sh you need to finish strong after all that bragging. Yeah, like a few years ago, 
Was that Zoe or, or no, whatever? No, God, no. Was that Morgan? We're not friends anymore, <laughs> she's, she's still pretending her name's Morgan after all these years. Who is she anymore? Um, what, would you rather have sex with your parents once in Haven't a threesome? Haven't I... Right. done this on the podcast not on the podcast I don't think oh I hope not I think I said have sex with your parents once or watch them have sex no this is my night. one to you for sure yeah okay. or yeah or you have to watch them have sex talk about every day sex for the rest of your life yeah I think I can you choose your parents you didn't bring things. this up this has been my one for years because my oh friend no I think we did it on chat and Macca. subscribe now on Spotify you took <laughs> mine you took mine on your podcast <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, I did this in like episode Well, okay, two, listen, people won't have listened to more, so if I'm repeating, this is the one. Um, he took my thing. I can't believe it. I feel like I would just watch them. Forever, every day for the rest of your life? Yeah, because I just feel like at some point... At some point, it's going to get interesting. <laughs> okay, that was two very different answers. <laughs> not, not my proudest boner, but... <laughs> see how I recycle my own jokes. Okay. Um, I would say watch them because I feel like I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't live with myself if I had sex. Would with you? My would you? Mom. Would you have to like guide your dad into your mum? Okay, so uh, okay. Or, oh my dad's got about ten kids. He knows exactly where that is, mate. <laughs> Joseph. Yeah, I'd be on the watch front as well. You know, because I think sadly you'd have to be, but that's the rest of your life every day gone. Yeah, but watching screens is bad for your eyes. Yeah, so but at you're some not. Point you're you'll not go like blind. spending your whole life. <laughs> You're not spending your whole life doing it. Every day for the rest of their lives, then. Yeah, yeah, but like your whole 24 hours of your no, day is no, not, just not taken up by it. Just once a day. I doubt they'd last that long. Come on, then. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, my, in for my that dad at 15 minutes of fun. At which point would you have to rewind it? Like? Yeah. No, you're there in the room. You've got to watch them in the room. Yeah, so, you've got to be in the room with them. Okay, okay. Let's, let's add some fun stuff into it. Go. God, Did, blimey. Are they aware that you're in the room? Yes. And, and, and. They they know you, they just support you like they they don't know the reason why you desire to be in the room so much. They, they're just supporting you as parents. Yeah, let's go with that if you want because you seem to be up for that one. It kind of reminds me of that um, that John Cleese sketch. Which one? Was it John Cleese? Yeah, when he's, he's he brings his, his wife in into the into the classroom. I don't know. Uh, what is that? What film is that in? <sighs> I can't remember now. But it's like a sex ed class in in a in a in a in a, in a, in a like a, a well to do school does, sort does, of thing. Does the word sex make you cringe that much, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, it's thing, things like sex and then <laughs> vagina or oh, nipple or oh, moist. Okay, moist. So, moist. Listen, guys, honestly, what would you do? Uh, I I'd like to say watch forever, but I really value my freedom, so I might just get very very drunk. Very drugged up. And let your dad hit it. Oh, no, that's it. No, I'm watching. I'm watching. As soon as I think about it, now I'm watching. I was, I'm I, was watching. I was, starting to really, really um, rethink my your life choices. Yeah? Of, um, of, of knowing spending me. Spending so much time with you, yeah. really. Okay. So, on that note, I'm going to wrap it up, guys, because that's disgusting. All right. Disgusting. I basically just said I'd do my mum and dad on, on a podcast. Yeah. I the thing is, you're having a threesome with your mum and dad as well. Yeah, but the thing is, Same every worse. day for the rest mm. of your life... At like, least you tick a box, though, don't you? If you haven't had a threesome You know yet. what? You can, if someone ever says at a party, <laughs> never have I ever had a threesome, you can down it, mate. <laughs> you can fu- you fucking get a hose sure. out no. and fucking yeah, soak yourself Yeah, when I think of the reality, it. I'd have to be off my rocker. But 
I don't know if I could give every day up for the rest of the week. The thing is, you'd have to get your dad hard as well. That's 82, though. To be honest, exactly. So you're going to be jacking him off for a while. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take him a while to get a bit of blood flow down there. Stop it. He hasn't felt felt anything down there for about a decade. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh God. Think of the think of the wrinkly balls. Oh, okay. Um, So, guys, anyone concerned about their wrinkly balls, will tune in next time and we'll give you some advice. And NHS guidelines to deal with that, mm. and some ball irons. Oh, there's a good, good, good. Uh, um, good thank you very much, adventure. Joe Collinson, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. It has ho, ho, been ho. our pleasure. Joe Collision. Uh, ho, ho, you can ho, ho. find uh, Sam at Sam Brown. You can find me at Rachel Caden. And on Crime Watch. What is she talking about? My 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 Instagram is Disposable Brown. Disposable. <laughs> and or. <laughs> And or chatting Macca. No, not chatting Macca, just disposable brown. I can't believe I... (laughs) At Sam Brown. Okay. (laughs) Just going to heat my last name up. Not that it's not like 55... Disposable brown, so well hidden. (laughs) Idiot. Shut up. (laughs) Anyways, bye. See you next time. Oh, yeah, it's the sleeping (laughs) pill. Oh, God.